Hi everyone, thanks for downloading, streaming, however you're listening to us. It's on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes, whatever. This is Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports, and this is the Lockdown Indians Podcast, your daily source of all things Cleveland Indians. Um, I was told that we were having some problems with volume, so I'm trying to bump it up. As always, if there is an issue, just tell me on Twitter, and I'm going to try to rectify it. Um, this is the second to last of these road podcasts. I'll be back in my uh, recording space with my microphone and everything else. So just two more to go through um, under this current setup. So for today's show, we'll talk about the last two games from the Indians. And then I thought we'd spend the rest of this episode kind of diving a little deep in the minors, looking at some prospects we're performing so far this year. Cleveland Indians actively horrible, no good, very bad road trip to Kansas City, followed it up by sweeping the Red Hot Mariners. So yes, if you are following along at home, the Royals were on a 10-game losing streak, the Indians come to town and get swept, the Mariners are putting up historic offensive power numbers, the Indians come in and completely quiet their bats. So, you know, it's very logical, like everything that happens with the Indians. Uh... Shane Bieber, uh, as I mentioned in uh, the show last night, another great game. Ended up going six innings, allowing just the one run. Neil Ramirez gives up another run. Again, Neil Ramirez, I'm not sure. He will always entice, but the performance is never worth the enticement. Uh, Leonis Martin continues to to be the Indians, you know, second-best hitter. Jason Kipnis with a strong game. Kevin P. with a good game. And Mike Freeman is certainly a game you'll take with the the one hit. So not a bad performance for his debut either. Other than that, you know, Santana had a double. Kipnis a double. Kevin P. a double. Martin had a double. So it was was kind of a doubles machine. Kipnis even stole a base. Uh... Freeman and Ramirez with your errors. And Hand comes in and gets his sixth save of the year. A solid performance for the most part all around. Then today, in a, uh, a game only a fan of pitchers could like, Carlos Carrasco um, continued his yo-yo performance. He has been awful, fantastic, awful, fantastic, So, facing a very dangerous lineup, he proceeds to go seven innings, allowing three hits, two walks, and striking out 12. There was a wild pitch in there. Just one of the best performances by a pitcher this year for the Indians. Nick Wetgren, who I've been uh, raving about, does two innings of work, picks up his uh, save, and still hasn't given up a run. Just solid, dependable. The Indians only get one run on a Jake Bowers homer. It is his second of the year. The uh, He had two hits. The rest of the Indians had two total base runners. Freeman got a walk, and Carlo got a hit. So Jake Bowers alone equaled the entire offensive production for the rest of the team in terms of players on base. Not exactly what you want to see. I mean, it does hurt when you pull Carlos Santana out of this lineup, as he is the only one who's Played like an all-star, really, so far. Martin's been good, but I wouldn't quite put him up at that level. 
So, uh, you know, and after that recent hot stretch by Jose Ramirez, where we were kind of hoping he would uh, pull himself out of everything after the home run and the walks and then the strikeouts, he then proceeded to go one for nine with two Ks over the last two games. So, maybe not pulling himself out quite yet. The Indians struck out 11 times facing Eric Swanson, not a guy known as a, uh, a flamethrower. He came over in the, uh, the James Paxton deal, was viewed as more of a back-end starter. So far this year, he had nine strikeouts heading into the game. So, or, I'm sorry, he has nine strikeouts total. He had five in the game. He had four coming in. So... Looking at a guy who had more strikeouts in this game than he had had all season. That's just how the Indians are performing so far this year. All the strikeouts, not the on-bases. Is on-bases a word? Who knows? But, uh, you know, a win is a win. The Indians are somehow still in first with all of this uneven play. That is a, you know, it's, it's early. They have a half a game lead on the Twins, but... Uh, I mean, you'll take it. You'd rather that they're eleven and seven than that the Royals, who are six and twelve. They will uh, this weekend. They're gonna get a chance to uh, dip into some uh, interleague play. As we'll have the the Braves at home. This was a kind of a weird three game trip to Seattle. I'm not hitting the rest of the division, but. Uh, they're going to have Atlanta, then Miami, and then they'll travel out to Houston and uh, kind of circle that uh, Thursday, the 25th game. Now, if you are a, I believe that's uh, NFL draft time, right? So the Browns don't have a, thir- uh, a first rounder, so instead of uh, watching the draft, it's going to be very tempting to watch Trevor Bauer versus Garrett Cole, former teammates who have had uh, some back and forth in the uh, the media through the years, and, and Bauer just with Houston in general. So that's that's kind of a, a fun matchup. The uh, the Braves, it's all the young arms. Tuki Desant, who, if you recall, the Braves got him when Dave Stewart was the general manager of the Diamondbacks and essentially gave him away if, uh, if the Braves were willing to take a bad contract. And then uh, Julio Turan and Max Fried who came over from the Padres. It's a, a youth, youthful rotation there. And then uh, Miami is a really weird series. It's a, it's a Tuesday-Wednesday series. That's it. Two games and gone. Uh, not a lot, if anything, really left to see on that roster. We will talk about it when the time comes. Quick message break. Sponsor is BlueTrue.com. Promo code is MLB. You've been listening, you know this. It's the chewable little blue pill. You can try it for free, discreetly mailed to your home. Just go online, answer some questions, use the promo code MLB, pay five bucks for shipping, and you too can try try bluechew.com, promo code MLB. So as promised earlier, we'll kind of dive into some of the minor league stats. It's, you know... Early on, 10, 11 games, but still, there's some names you're probably curious about or wondering how their performance are, how their performance are, how, how they are performing. So, when you get down to, we'll just start at AAA and then go down from there. 
So at AAA, Yu Chen Chang has struggled. I've talked about that. He's not really hitting for power or average right now. It's not the best performance, but based on what we've seen, it's, uh, it could be a lot worse. Cameron Rabin and Trace Thompson are former big leaguers down there who are also struggling playing every day. Eric Haas is hitting for power, but uh, again, there's that imbalance in his walk to strikeout, and he's not making a lot of contact. Bobby Bradley is doing Bobby Bradley things. It's kind of a similar story to what we've seen before. Jordan Luplow has been solid. Uh, Eric Stamatz was fantastic in his debut. Hit a home run. And then you got uh, Brandon Barnes and Ryan Flattery, those guys who have been in the, uh, the bigs before and are performing exceedingly well down in AAA. Now, the offensive name I skipped over was Oscar Mercado, who has continued his strong performance from the spring. He is uh, he was drafted in 2013, so this is already his sixth year in the minors. He's played in over 600 minor league games. But saying all this, he's 24 years old and won't be 25 until December. He was a young draft pick by the Cardinals. Now, there isn't a lot more for him to prove. There isn't a lot more for him to develop. He is what he is. He's going to hit, uh, you know, for him to work, he's going to have to kind of hit in that 280 to 300 range. There's never going to be power. Um, I mean, some do think he could get up to average. I think it's likely below average. He, he's going to walk enough to hopefully make it work. His strikeout rate, a little bit troublesome this year in the minors. But he's pretty much a hit tool defense. And while that profile's in center, um, and he's clearly kind of being positioned to be the replacement for Martin, who will be a free agent after this year. It, it makes one wonder, um, with the current alignment, Greg Allen is struggling mightily. Um, he is the worst hitter statistically on the Indians right now, now that they've uh, demoted Stamets. At what point do you call up a Mercado? I know you want him to play every day. Do you find a way to make that work? Does he play? Do we see him play a little bit more in left? Or do you put him in center and have maybe Martin left and have Bowers playing a little bit more time at first base? Maybe have Bowers and Ramirez platoon at first base? Or at first base at DH? Um, maybe have Naquin not playing as often. I think there's an alignment that works. Um, and amongst those bats, he's the one who kind of stands out as the most ready and the most um, likely to help. Pitching down there, uh, outside of John Edwards, who pitched well in his short time in Cleveland, there's not too many people standing out. Uh, Michael Peoples, in 9.2 innings, small sample size, has done a lot of what we've seen uh, him do before. I, I always came more impressed with him in AA. He never missed a lot of bats, but, uh, and that, he would just, that sinker would eat guys up. Never saw hard contact. Um, there's been some problems staying healthy with him, and, but he's one of those guys I'm going to root for as a, a senior side who just keeps working. So that kind of takes us through Columbus. We pull up the rubber ducks, the big prospect. Probably should be Sam Hentges. Hentges, who has struggled 
walks her up. He's giving up home runs. He's giving up hits. It's it's bad. In three starts, it has been bad. There's no nice way to put it. The more famous prospect, though, honestly, could be Daniel Johnson, who came over in the ongoing season. His, uh, he has been the opposite of bad and the opposite of Henkes. He has been fantastic. Two home runs, seven walks, 11 strikeouts, hitting over 300. He's a guy who you expect to be maybe a 230-240 hitter who will have the higher on-base percentage due to walks. Fantastic athlete. It's there's he, he has maybe the highest variance of any prospect in the upper majors. Upper majors, I keep saying two in the upper minors. Like, there is an outcome for him where he is a, a middle-of-the-order power bat, one of uh, a Chris Davis type of guy. Um, would probably be his best comp. And then there's an outcome where he gets just a handful of games in the majors because he can't make contact. So seeing him make contact this year is a hugely positive. He's just killing the ball. Um, it will be interesting to see, I believe, if he is not already on the 40-man, he'll have to be added at the end of this year. Uh, and Andrew Montes- Monasterio... Uh, the Indians were the second team that traded for him last year. He came over to the Nationals from the Cubs and then was the third piece in the Gomes deal, uh, hitting over 300. But he's mostly known for his ridiculous walk rate. He's not really walking this year in Akron. So something to you know keep your eyes on to see how that balances out. Uh, Ernie Clement has had some injuries. Andrew Calica has had some injuries, so we haven't seen as much with them. Uh, Connor Maribel is struggling, hasn't really been able to take advantage of this opportunity to prove himself, and Mitch Luongo is doing very Mitch Luongo things, which doesn't necessarily stand out, but uh, continues to perform. Amongst the pitchers, uh, Ben Krauth is one of those guys that even I've been guilty of seeing all the things he doesn't do, but at some point we have to respect the fact that no one's been able to really hit him in the minors. Um, he's been consistently uh, statistically dominant and, you know, is certainly a name to track down there. Uh, James Karinchak might be the second biggest prospect. He misses a lot of bats, and this year he's not walking anyone. Five games, five innings, 14 strikeouts. So think about that. He's pitched five innings, which means he's gotten 15 outs. 14 of them are via the strikeout. So yes, there's been one out where he didn't strike someone out. Um, he has given up only one walk this year, and uh, no hits, no runs, no anything else. He's got one save, uh, but again, five games, five innings, 14 strikeouts. That's ridiculous. The other pitcher you have to point out for performance down there, though, is Zach Plesak. Plesak's one of those guys who's been kicking around kind of the back end of my prospect list the last two to three years. He was a the guy when he was at Ball State was mentioned in the same breath as Eric Lauer when they were both sophomores. Um, they both had that potential to be high picks in the draft. Lauer was able to elevate it quite a bit, uh, became a first-rounder, was the... Uh, opening day starter for the Padres, and Plesak, as a junior, got hurt and struggled to find consistency. 
ended up being a day three pick by the Indians. But since he's come to the system, he's just steadily moved up so far this year in 12 innings, seven strikeouts, zero walks, only nine hits. Uh, amongst the pitchers, he's probably the second most interesting starter and maybe, for my money, the third most interesting pitcher overall at this point. So just one of those names to to keep your eyes on if you get a chance to go down there. We're already over, but uh, let's still give Lynchburg a little love. Uh, it's a fun roster, just off the bat. You know, Nolan Jones is the top prospect in the system. You've got uh, Steve Kwan, who's just slaughtering the ball and was a draft pick a year ago. He's already in high A. He's one of the undersized guys from Oregon State. Hit in college, comes from one of the best programs, and uh, so far this year has just been a machine. Oscar Gonzalez is kind of past Will Benson in terms of uh, prospect ratings, but are kind of those similar guys with uh, big power, big walk uh, ability, but uh, going to hit for a low average. And, you know, just other fun names, like Austin Wade was a day-two pick. Mike Rivera was maybe the best defensive catcher in college uh, the year he was drafted. Gavin Collins is a catcher-slash-third baseman who's one of those guys who uh, he's been, I remember like two years ago, talking with someone who's now a member of the Pirates organization about how Collins is kind of one of those interesting sleeper prospects, like a guy on a margin where if you're getting a a third piece in a deal, maybe he's the guy you push for just because the, the bat seemed like it. there's potential there. Um, he was one of those, he was a name that came up. He didn't really uh, build off of it. Um, Eli Morgan, Eli, yeah, Eli Morgan, who I mentioned last night, just continues to be obscene, had another start. He's now three starts, 17 innings, 22 strikeouts, four walks. He's only given up one earned run, and that came from a home run. Juan Carlos Mejia, who the Indians added to the 40-man, certainly another name to watch, and he has uh, performed well through three starts. He is almost on par with um, with Morgan. Uh, and then there's, you know, Juan Hillman was a former high pick. Kyle Nelson is one of those uh, control guys. Robert Broom is a name to watch out, though, because he could... Uh, potentially help the Indians this year. I thought he was in line with Nick Sandlin, pretty much just as good as him as a sidearm and reliever. Uh, Broom, so far this year, is eating up uh, those uh, hitters in, in Lynchburg. So uh, they moved him quickly to the pen, and he's someone to just pay attention to. I could see him being fast-tracked due to his age and experience. It's an interesting pen there. Uh, it's a lot of interesting pitching, just in terms of name value. It's one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting, uh, team in the minors. So, again, giving you a little bit more bang for your free buck. Talking about the Indians some, looking at the minor leagues more today. And uh, just kind of having fun with minor leagues that uh, there might not be help on the horizon, but there is help maybe a few months down the line, or you could see the future of this team and where it's going. Thank you to everyone who's listened, who's downloaded, who's rating, who's reviewing, who's saying kind words. I appreciate it all. And as always, go Tribe.